0: We are delighted to have Lisa Stano as our first ever guest on Meaningful Musical Conversations. She's a singer-songwriter, guitarist, and stand-up bass player, whose style is soulful, bluesy, and definitely from the heart. While the first 20 minutes of this episode is largely a fun and delightful interview with Lisa, the second half takes a little more of a serious tone as it becomes... More of a conversation between all of us as we share stories with one another and with you. Welcome to Meaningful Musical Conversations, where words are music, hearts are melodies, and harmony is our vision. I'm Jill Meunier.
1: And I'm Daniel Townsend. And thank you all so much for uh, joining in on our podcast today. Uh, To my right, sitting here in the room, is a woman named Lisa Stano. Thank you so much, Lisa, for coming out today. We appreciate you being here and sharing this little musical conversation with us. I was hoping you could maybe just give us a little bit of background as to what you do today with music and kind of what you're interested in.
2: What I do today, primarily gigging around Sonoma County with my band, and um, my band members are members of other bands, but I try and <laughs> reel them in when I can. Mm-hmm. So a lot of Petaluma gigs because I reside there. But there was a time when we gigged in San Francisco at Cafe Claude. So um, trying to spend more time on songwriting and developing my skills on the double bass and just playing around town because yeah. I love playing with the team. Oh, cool. I, I so d-
1: double bass is sort of your, your instrument of choice these days?
2: Yes, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. I can't say I'm the best at it, but I'm
1: hey, still no. growing.
0: It's a lifelong.
1: Something I always thing. wanted to be able to do, so that's very cool. Nice. It is so
0: yeah. cool, yes. And you also play guitar. rhythm um, guitar, yes. 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 Yeah.
2: Primarily to accompany myself singing, that's the goal. Like what, mm-hmm. and that's what I love doing with the double bass as well. Of course, yes. it's just um, those low tones seem to just go well with my, my you know, natural voice. Yes. So those are the things. What I love to do together: sing and mm-hmm. sing and play. In fact, I feel a little naked if I have to just <laughs> sing without an instrument. <laughs> yeah. In fact, yeah. I don't
0: know if I've heard you do that. Um, you probably have not. <laughs> but you know, one of the things that I just have to say, Lisa, is that when I um, see you perform and I hear you there is such a sense of aliveness that you bring to the moment, just such a sense of vitality and joy and passion. um, When, whether you're playing the guitar, you know, accompanying yourself with your amazing um, musician friends, or whether you're playing the double bass, which by the way, um, we'll get into later because that's actually how Lisa and I met, um, is yeah, through the double bass in a way. So, but yeah, I just wanted to say that that it is one of the things that I so appreciate about you is your way of connecting with the audience and just the sense of authenticity and, whoa, it's just, um, it's really a pleasure to, to be there with you when you're performing. Thank you. That's the (laughs) ultimate compliment. Uh, I'm glad that comes through
2: because I feel most alive when I'm sharing music and I view it like that. So to hear you use that word, feel connected, um, is a total delight for me because it just is about that. Even if there's one member in the audience, but certainly connecting with the people I'm playing with and whoever's out there just to feel what music can do for us to elevate you or take you to whatever emotional state, (laughs) the music, you know, whatever direction it's Turning. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Mm-hmm. Sharing emotional states, you know? Yes. Yeah, coming back and forth on that. Has it always been like that for you, sort of? When did you start playing um, kind of live, you know?
2: Honestly, only about 10 years ago did I resume music. So music was in my life, um, I would say, many, many years ago, even a couple of decades ago. Um, and then I, I focused more on other responsibilities in life. And roughly 10 years ago, I made a decision to get focused again. And um, I had a phenomenal guitar teacher uh, who actually truly is a double bassist, (laughs) a really excellent one. So I think he had an influence on me too. But at that point, I just, singing is what what comes very naturally to me, but I know I feel most accomplished when I accompany myself singing. Mm -hmm. It's just more interesting to me. I, I think that's, you know, that's just true for me. So at that time, I made a decision to just get
0: more serious and focused and follow through. Mm, wow. So I, um, you know, I don't think I've ever really asked you that much about your early history with music. And I um, would love to know what your earliest memory of music is. Mm.
2: Certainly listening to music and not even, not even really imagining myself playing at that time. But I grew up in Oakland, California. And um I grew up in an area and I had a family that listened to a lot of soul, a mm-hmm. lot of old soul. So Marvin Gaye, Stevie Wonder. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that music, I think you probably hear those influences when you come to a gig or listen to any of mm-hmm. my performances. It's not even conscious, but as I reflect on it, that without a doubt, <laughs> it takes me back to really the most blissful period of my life. Uh, age four, five, six, Mm. seven, um, running the ghetto streets of Oakland. And uh, um, I didn't think that at the time. Of course, it was just the freest, purest Mm. existence of innocence and musical influences that shaped me more than I would have ever acknowledged as a young girl. But without question, when I look back, I feel and I know that that music resonates
0: most with my spirit. Wow. Wow. Thank you for that. Um I'm also just curious, is there one memory like that <laughs> Lisa, you're so funny. I'm Look at it you. out. <laughs> She's giggling. <laughs> A big giggle. <laughs> Is there one memory in particular that you could kind of call up and paint the picture for us?
2: It's funny because okay. I might have shared this with Jill before. Uh, it <laughs> was a secret for a long time.
1: Ooh, we like it's news to me and everyone else.
2: Okay, so you're right, Dan. good point, good point. It's kind of funny. I mean, it's, I can't quite tell it with the flair of my siblings, um, my older sister, really. But um, And it's not even about... Playing, but it's really um, <laughs> my first purchase of a record of 45, if you can believe. I was probably maybe around seven at the time, and at that point we moved from East 15th to Bancroft to live with my grandmother, so I'm envisioning the neighborhood. Um, and there was a little record store, and I loved Chaka Khan uh, at that time. There, were, you know, this little girl, seven, and there's a song. Uh, called Hollywood, and I, you know, definitely desperately wanted that mm. record. So my older brother, who is four years older than I am, uh, walked with me to the record store, and I uh, went to go buy my first record. I was so excited, oh, wow. just so, so thrilled. It was you know all of a ten-minute walk next to this funky store called Byright, and I wish today that I could recall the name of the record store, but I was you know yay high and maybe about. 12 to 20 inches taller than I was, was this counter. And the person who sold the records, uh, you know, was behind there. And uh, you had to ask her, um, you know, what you wanted. And it's more honestly a cultural musical memory because you are so influenced by where you live when you grow up. So I didn't think anything of it. I didn't think it was remotely funny. I would just... Nobody taught me, like, how do you ask for a record? How do you go to a store and, and do <laughs> right. things? And, you know, I lived in a kind of a, a black community. There was a way of talking. I didn't think anything of it, but I had my little white purse, according to my brother, and I, I looked at this woman, I just little girl, and I said, you got Hollywood. And I didn't <laughs> think... I know with this kind of <laughs> accent... Like, I didn't think that there was anything wrong with that, but then my brother... When we went home, we kind of ran home. He ran to tell my mom and my sister. You wouldn't believe how Lisa talked at the music store. I was like, was like he was so embarrassed by me. And I was just this innocent kid speaking in this vernacular that was, you know, normal, common for my community. Mm-hmm. But he was. I guess so. So that stands out just as a, a wonderful memory with me and my brother because my mm. brother. Yeah, his is deceased now. But um anyway, so that was that's one memory. That's more uh, um, my first purchase yeah. of a record, and not not me performing. And I didn't even have fantasies of being like Chaka Khan until late, <laughs> la- until later, <laughs> until, until, until now, until yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> <Literally>. So anyway, <laughs> there's still time. So that but that that memory is special because that was just a very fond childhood period. Mm, that, is so sweet. that is really <laughs> sweet. Oh, I like, yeah. uh, my, the way my sister, my brother would tell it, I mean, you know, you're just innocent, You're like, what's
0: wrong with what I did? And oh, is, so <laughs> That is adorable. Oh my. So let's see. Um, I was thinking about also um, what music was like in your house, like with your parents. And I know in my house, um, my older sister basically had control over the, um, you know, our stereo and it was whatever music that she wanted to listen to that kind of flowed through the house. Mm. And uh, I'm, yeah, I'm wondering what kind of music was going on in your house, if one parent or the other was the one to play the music or... In in other words, to choose the records or whatever. Uh,
1: did you get to blast Chaka at home? <laughs> there <that> was <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: definitely exactly. Chaka getting
1: blasted. <laughs> okay, good. So
2: yeah. so <laughs> actually, I had um, my mother's boyfriend many years ago. We hung out with his family quite a bit, and I was just you made me think about live music. So there was a lot of Sir Chaka Khan, Fleetwood Mac, Carol King, oh, uh, man. Stevie Wonder, Marvin yeah. Gaye. As I said, Love It uh, All, Sly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I'm remembering now, too, again, roughly that same chapter, we had a relative who was um, an amazing drummer and a crazy Kiss fan, and we would go to his house, (laughs) we would go to their house, and he (laughs) would be banging away at the drums, and I I guess I'm allowed to say his name. I mean, he was known as Johnny Bear, and I'm sure he still is in Oakland, he's a phenomenal drummer, but he probably had no idea how indelible that was in my mind like oh. this wow. rock so that's like yeah. our visits there were, were a tremendous influence and they had a piano and I would kind of tinker away at the piano and I still don't really play I've taken my share of classes but I but anyway so that was a, a live musical experience within a kind of a distant family or you know informal family that we had
1: okay. so maybe that was the first time you felt that energy of like a live setting and it really kind of starts to hit you mm. right? yes that's really cool Yes, <laughs> no, you're Especially right. Especially a big, loud drummer. Shouts out to you. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> you're I, I know. exactly.
2: I gotta, I gotta let Johnny we Bear know one day. Yes, <laughs> yeah. we do. Absolutely. Yeah. Kiss posters everywhere. I'm telling you.
1: My dad would like him. <laughs> My dad's a huge Kiss fan. Oh, that's you're great. listening. Yeah. Uh,
2: you're called out. <laughs> that's funny. Wow.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was kind of curious, I wanted to talk to you about, so that music you did grow up with, which you just listed a bunch of those sort of bands. Um, I'm curious if they kind of influence what you do today at all. If some of that, maybe it's not even so much the music, but sort of the intent of that music of that era. Does that kind of come into what you do today? I don't know. I just wanna...
2: In part, I think the energy kind of behind it, um, the style, if you will, that I think that subconsciously influences what I do. In terms of my songwriting, I'm not so sure that's the case. I think I, I don't think that's necessarily influenced what I do as a songwriter. But for sure, just the delivery um, mm-hmm. of what I'm going to say or how I sing it, yeah. uh, it just is so shaped by that. And it's to me, it's quite phenomenal because you don't think about it just kind of comes from your tummy and yeah. out through your mouth yeah. and you're like Lisa yes it does it does, <laughs> it does. <laughs> with you it really does I love that and it just feels so natural mm. I think that's what feels so natural and perhaps that's what it was busy doing all of that music or hearing Johnny Bear um, so I think in the delivery of my vocals especially um, it's influenced by that. But my songwriting, because there's so much political stuff during that era, you know, mm-hmm. early 70s. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
2: and so I don't necessarily take on political issues in my songwriting so much. I don't, I'm cautious. I don't know why, but I am.
1: <laughs> well, hey, yeah.
0: Yeah, what do you like to write about? And yeah. for, well, for Actually, first of all, I mean, I know that you've written a lot of songs. Could you give us like an estimate of how many songs you've written? Oh, God. I feel like
2: lately I'm a little <laughs> remiss. But okay. now, well, you know. gosh, I mean, I don't know. I, that's hard to say because I... Does that, does that count unfinished tunes that are on my iPhone right, right. now? Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then, we yeah. <laughs> 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 then we could say hundreds. Then we could say hundreds. But yeah. But what do I write about? You know, it sounds so trite and silly. I hate to say it almost like, you know, but kind of what lives in your heart. Like, mm-hmm. what, I mean, sometimes that just sounds so nope. whatever. But sounds it's, great. Yeah, it's yeah just, sounds it's great. It's, exactly. just, it's just the truth and not always of my own experience, but... Uh, Something you observe, right? The best part for Mm -hmm. me about like traveling or just sitting in a cafe, like watching an interaction um, or generating ideas from the simplest of things. Reading a book or listening to a podcast, Mm -hmm. listening to other people's experiences can shape and influence what more you want to say.
0: So. Yeah. So when you get and when so, when you're feeling that influence, like let's just say that you're reading a book and an idea comes to you, do you write it down for this? Do you try to take a note um, of it so that you don't forget yes. it later? Or- oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. I I've learned that more
2: and more, and sometimes I still fail. Like I think I'll remember an idea even, and if I don't write it down, it's gone. Mm-hmm. Like I, and I sometimes I'm convinced I'll remember that the yeah. next day, and <laughs> I don't.
1: I do the same exact. thing. So true. Oh, it's, it's, it's the s- worst feeling ever. It is
2: yeah. because it, it could have been a great idea.
1: At least you can look back on it and be like, well that was actually not a great idea. I do that all the time. <laughs> That's <true too. laughs> Write something down. It's like, oh... Yeah. I think of that. Exactly. At least you had it.
2: Yeah. Yo, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Me too. And that's I have to say, I love voice memos for that. So, oh, and you can absolutely. go through them later and go, "Oh, bad idea, bad idea," yeah. or like, "This is something that has promise still." <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I love the iPhone that means for you'll that. Like it. Yeah, you yeah. 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 You come
1: back to something and you still vibe with it. It's yeah. a good sign. <laughs> I'm
0: not the only one. I love hearing yeah. about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, and, and, yeah. Yeah. Voice memos. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I sometimes just go don't go back through them though. Like, I mean, it right. might be a year and then finally I'm like, "Oh, wait a minute. What did I have Back there, and right. yeah, I think that's common mm-hmm. to wait that long. Really, I really was just clearing
2: yeah. out to to get room on my phone. I'm like <laughs> I got to delete some of these, and I'm a little embarrassed sometimes. You're like, "What was I even thinking about mm-hmm. that one?" But s- some, you know, that are unfinished. You know, there was a, a chapter I started. I think I might have sung it for you. The beginning, I had started a song called "Oakland Days." Mm-hmm. So that's like one example. So songs that reflected that period of my life. Yeah. Um, So that was a recent, well, not recent, that's like a year ago, I started to work on that. And I even had a vision for an album, but you get re-stimulated sometimes to do something else or yes. distracted or both mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: so yeah mm-hmm. so you know actually do you want to tell us a little bit about your album because you had, you do have an album um out which is a beautiful album and it's mostly originals isn't it i believe it is mostly originals mm-hmm. yes and it's funny i think
2: if you ask any songwriter or person who's put out an album they probably will say like that seems so it was long ago now mm-hmm. actually how many years i want to say it was i mean where are we now Ah gosh. Is it 6 years ago? Maybe so, 6 years ago? Was Maybe it yes. 2012? Yes.
0: Yeah. 2012. Okay. 2012 uh-huh. exactly.
2: So I mean an album reflects that that moment in time mm-hmm. and that was true in those moments, right? So yes. in a way I feel the album it doesn't reflect what I do at a live gig because a lot of the songs are kind of quiet on the mm-hmm. album and my gigs I think I have Half and half. I try to be more aware now of having <laughs> songs that are, you know, full of the vitality and also, you know, introspective, quieter songs. Mm. But, um, yes, there there is a song that still feels very accurate today, actually, called Ramblin' Feet. Mm. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: I, I know about your rambling. feet. Yes,
2: yeah. uh, yes. So, I mean, when I think about the album, that's the song that first jumps out at me um, that feels resonant for my world today. Yeah. But... Um, But so you asked. I forgot the original question. Tell us. You said ask. Tell
0: me about (laughs) your album,
2: Lisa. Right? Yeah, yeah. So So, yeah, it
0: was a a few years ago that you did it, and it's mostly original. Something kind of a little bit quieter than what we might hear in a gig. And um, and how long? I mean, over. How did you kind of did you come up with a concept of the for the album? Was it a collection of songs that. How Tell us a little bit more about, about that.
2: Yeah, it was more of a collection of songs. There was not with this album um, any kind of a particular vision or cohesion about the songs. It was just my collection at the time. And um, at that time, I felt very supported. I felt fortunate by my guitar teacher mm-hmm. who played a lot. On, and without him, that was my first experience in the studio of making an album. I was kind of intimidating. So and who I really is that? Think that, that is Jason Carr mm-hmm. who lives in San Francisco and is a phenomenal bassist and I actually ran into him maybe a year ago now. Um, wonderful teacher, just a quiet spirit, you know, just a, a bit calm and communicates in a way that mm-hmm. feels just supportive. So he was an incredible support uh, for the album. But you no, know, it was the collection. It was I was actually feeling like prolific you know, songwriting at that time. And I was working even more, but it felt like I'd go on a lunch break and like it would just be jotting down in my car. It was incredible. So I think people will, other songwriters might agree that that happens for them when it comes, it comes. You're like, wow, it's just pouring out of me. And I want it to pour out of me again right now. I need a little more time. But so I can't speak to it precisely what was informing that pace, but it was, yeah, more rapid. um. But no, I'm I'm proud of the album. It was a great opportunity to dedicate it to uh, family members I had lost, and it was um, a great opportunity to work with my teacher. I learned so much for mm, wow. that whole experience. I mean, everything—making the CDs, to mm. uh, yeah, the sound engineering. All what you—it was simple too. It's simple meaning the instrumentation that reflects what I do at gigs. Mm-hmm. I, I love a, the acoustic sound, and that's
0: what's going on there. So yeah, gigs. Um, You know, we've, you and I have talked a little bit about this, but um, I'm wondering what for you, Lisa, makes gigs like really fun, really enjoyable.
2: Well, I'm (laughs) fortunate to have met, actually at an open mic in Petaluma a few years back now, the guys that I play with. So what makes it is the people you play with. I think any one of us has played with someone for whatever reason, the chemistry just isn't right, or it's not somebody you'd even have in your friend circle. So for me, you can be a phenomenal player. But if I don't perceive you as a phenomenal <laughs> person, I know that sounds terrible. Maybe I don't want to play with you. Mm-hmm. I'm ph- by phenomenal, I just mean a kind human being <laughs> who's flexible and easygoing, yeah. uh-huh. And is just committed to sharing this moment without judgment, or but just that you're like, if you make a mistake, the person just flows with it, you d- and you pick up where you, absolutely. you know, off. Yeah. yeah, you guys yeah. have a
1: connection, like a friendship, a kinship sort of thing. I think anyone can relate, even just in a very simplified, like, work setting. You want to work with cool people. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to work, absolutely. you know. Yeah. With people that uh, just don't get you, mm-hmm. and just are on the same page. Totally. It's just, it's, you it's, can't get anything done that way. You guys are too focused on, like, not Gelling well together mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: it's Well awesome. said No yeah. you're right In any life situation Right yeah. <laughs> It's totally true So just like Yeah good friendship You meet someone You're like Oh I met this nice person today We just hit it off what, How interesting yeah. The same is true For music But, And it's not always easy To find like great true. A- Amazing friends So yes. uh, oh. <laughs> it would just be Like a little miracle And like I said yeah, yeah, The guys yeah. I play with They have their own other, other bands And do all kinds of stuff In the community But I just feel so fortunate That we connected And that I just can call on them and uh, we pull together mm-hmm. and we, we just have fun. That's yeah. just That's so my commitment a, to music yeah. is about pleasure. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, always I'm conscious about doing the music justice meeting. I practice and I prepare mm-hmm. for a gig. Um, but it's, it's like, OK, hey, it's my guys. It's like going out on a play date when you're yeah. whatever a young kid. You're like, yeah. all
0: right, good to see you. Let's and let's. there is such that vibe. You know, there is such that vibe when I was over at Raised Deli the other time. I mean, the crowd there when you were playing, you guys, I mean, it was just a blast um, yeah, you're just, uh, I just so appreciate your ability, um, and desire really to kind of be at one with the audience, uh, so that there's not this distance between you and the audience. That's my experience of it. It's like, you really just kind of like invite everybody in and, um, yeah, I appreciate I you it.
2: saying that. Mm-hmm. You reminded me, I have to tell just one other quick story related mm-hmm. to that. Uh, I was playing at Lagunitas, um, a couple years ago and on my set list, i I haven't played it in a while, but I usually play The Night They Drove Old Dixie Down. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was a gentleman in the audience who, when I played that song, he was, his arms flew up and I saw so much (laughs) joy. (laughs) He was like, whoa, like as loud as a person can be in Lagunitas. You're like, "Whoa!" Oh, I heard that guy. He stood out. He had ridden his motorcycle, I think, from the South. He's a Southern man. So that music, oh. it's Southern music that's, mm-hmm. you know, and and he just, when that song was over and there was a break and he said, I was in tears when you sang that song. Mm-hmm. So I I could feel his energy because that song, you know, he has this whole history and whatever that means to him, that song. Um it was such a nice opportunity just to go connect with them. So always I will just naturally, of course, I'm like, hey, thank you for your energy. And I get a chance to hear about what a song meant to someone and what, you know, what it was just brought to life for them. So I always remember that moment. It was so powerful because he was just on his own. You know, he'd driven to Petaluma Lagunitas from his road trip and... Full of vitality. So uh, music has that. I feel the same way when I hear certain songs and gigs too. I'm like, a moon dance is one of them whenever I hear that. that, You know, I'm like, thank you. And I just kind of get high myself (laughs) as a listener.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, I I don't want to ruin this really joyful vibe. But, you know, I'm also just so aware of um, times in my life when there's been some really difficult, um, really sad times when music has played a part. And, and Lisa, I know that you and I share an experience of having brothers, um, who died of AIDS and brothers that we just adored and were really close with. And I, um, I'm wondering, um, I mean, I know what me, what kind of role music played for me at, at that time, which was really significant and quite unusual actually, but I'm wondering with you if, you know, during that time, um, you know, which is just a a challenging time when there's a lot of grief, if music played a role in that time for you? Yeah,
2: that's, um, let's see, I I don't know that it did. Nothing stands out in my mind (coughs) as far as any particular kind of healing or um, or anything, but certainly that experience informed uh, one of the songs. There were two deaths I'd experienced, and... I don't think I put that on my album. It's like a, it had the term "roller coaster" in it, mm. but I, I didn't use music during that chapter as a means to cope or get lost in music. Mm-hmm. Um, I might have been. I don't know, I, don't, I just might have been a little bit older and just, fo- I don't know, focused on something else, so lost in it. I um, And I know at times, certainly that's been true, I think, more during a breakup of music. Mm, Joan yeah. Osborne, I somehow listened <laughs> yeah, to Joan Osborne that. endlessly during a breakup, yeah. <laughs> but during that time of loss like that, I think I just kind of more went inward uh, and didn't rely on music in a way that mm. one might think mm-hmm. yeah. since it's so, such a powerful and helpful influence or just... When you hear a song that resonates with your heartbreak. But yeah. uh, different heartbreak has informed my listening, I think. Yes.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, um, I know this is an interview about with you, but I'd actually just like to share this experience that I had with my brother. I was about to um, ask you. So. Oh, cool, thanks. I hear about that. Yeah, um, yeah, well, you know, I was, as you know, I was really best friends with my brother, and he was the only one who lived out here in California with me. And I have um, two other siblings that live back east, and my Ooh. parents. But, um, and, you know, Henry and I shared apartments through our 20s and uh, he, you know, died when he was 30, but um, <clears throat> I remember that actually he flew back east to be with my sisters uh, for the summer and then I got a call, you know, um, from my mother one day saying that he'd had this, uh, you know, this brain, can't remember what you call it, um, a seizure. Anyway, that was kind of the beginning of the end and basically there were two days left after that. He wasn't really that sick before that. But anyway, so I flew immediately like to, you know, to see him and at the time, I was listening to Chris Isaac, Forever Blue, and that was kind of my thing. It was just this, um, this thing. It was just, it's. if you guys know that album, it's, it's so, uh, there's so much longing and sadness and grief in that album. And so when my brother was, I'm literally in this apartment on this bed and he had, you know, become very, very thin, yeah. like rail thin and could hardly talk and was basically just, um, what happened to his, his, his memory is that he basically just had about five seconds or 10 seconds where he could remember. Yeah. And so, you, you know, he might say something and then he would just repeat the same question. Like, five seconds later, like, Where Do You Live, for example. So it was really heartbreaking for me. And I actually, there was a stereo in that room. And so I actually um, played that album while he was there in the bed. And one would th- like as I think about that now I think, oh my God, like how was that for him? And he totally would have been able to say in that moment, that's not <laughs> that's not working <laughs> for me. Right. But there was something about the feeling of the grief and the longing, like matching the emotion and just it's like it's okay. And there's somebody else in the world that's feeling this pain too. Right. And for me it was just like so it was so powerful. And and then, you know, as the end got nearer I actually began to play this other music that I used to play in yoga classes. One, because as I was a yoga teacher for 25 years, as you guys know, um, uh, but I would play this uh, actually Brian Eno music, I think, what is it called? Music for Airports or something. And this one piece, you know, that's kind of like taking you off into this floaty space. And so that also was really significant, um, I think, in helping him kind of make that transition. Um, as I was like present for him as he was making that transition uh, to the other side, which is such a an honor and an intimate moment. That said, I will say that my brother had this thing for Judy Garland and, um, and <laughs> Over the Rainbow. And so even though like it, this is like l- probably the last like eight hours of his life, wow. I put as a joke, I put that on and just it was really, a really sweet moment between the two of us i happened to have that album this was before you know digital music yeah. and i just put on that song um somewhere over the rainbow with judy garland singing it and he just he looked at me and rolled his eyes mm-hmm. and smiled and it was just like a sweet moment between the two of us and um you know and then i went back to the Brian Eno, but I just wanted to put that out there partly because you know a lot of us there's all these painful experiences that are part of life as much as the the joyful wonderful ones and a lot of times we don't all get the opportunity or take the opportunity to talk about them especially like with death and things like that so I think that I just um really like being able to open up the space for people to talk about things that aren't exactly happy as well and so yeah I appreciate you guys listening it's feels good to share that experience with you.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. it's powerful. I mean, <laughs> it cuts right to the core. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mm.
1: I mean, not that I've dealt with anything quite like that uh, in my lifetime yet, but hearing that is, yeah, mm. it is it is still a beautiful thing that music can bring you together in that mm-hmm. sort of space, in yeah. a difficult space like that. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're disconnected from each other at all. Exa- yeah,
0: exactly, yeah. exactly. Mm
1: -hmm. You guys shared beautiful experiences together, and that came out.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. It's powerful.
0: Mm.
2: It's the spiritual nature of music that's like that gets, you know, that that depth that you're sharing is that place where you can go. It has that potential. Yes. It's so beyond words, and words often fall short, I find, and that's Mm -hmm. where music comes in so perfectly. So
0: true. So true. Such a connecting force in the world. Yeah. And speaking of the world, um, (laughs) was that a wink? (laughs) We know that we, I know that you love Italy and you're learning Italian and you may even be making a move shortly. Do you want to say anything about that?
2: Yes, I I think... What I want to say is I'm really excited and can't wait to move yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, so, um, Also, in terms of music in, in Italy, um, yeah, and it being a unifying force, I, I met a lot of great people through music um, there. And so I just... Had I not been a musician, I wouldn't have made these phenomenal connections. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, it's my hope that I will grow my musicianship and hopefully find actually um, a double bass instructor to to grow my yeah. s- skills because they, they need... Refining for sure. Yeah. I have a long way to go, but um, and to play with others. I mean, it's like the similar goal that I have here. But I, I, I have a lot of cultural interests. And um, as maybe a little side note, uh, many years ago, I longed to become an ethnomusicologist. So in a way, this is like my informal endeavor mm-hmm. um, to pursue that path. Right. Yeah. So I, so I just have a passion for culture. Certainly culture that pertains to my own heritage, and I am part yeah. Italian, among other things. But um, So I'll travel a bit, and, but the goal is to work less and live more, mm-hmm. that, that, and living more means playing music more.
0: Cool, so, so yeah, so <laughs> you, it is, and you know, I was thinking about the base, you know, your instrument that you just love so much, um, you know, and how we actually met in school, but actually that's not what I, where I want to go right now, but I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to talk about um, the base and the fact that I happen to know that you also love, like what you were just mentioning, um, culture, mm-hmm. and uh, you've been exploring your roots, mm-hmm. and it's just interesting how you have this, um, this passion for the base, which is also You know, about when we think of those low notes, it's really about the root chakra, you know, Mm -hmm. in the end. As being a yoga person, I can't help, you know, Mm -hmm. but to kind of think about these things. (laughs) But it's just, you know, it's not lost on me that Mm -hmm. you're so passionate about um, your roots, your Italian roots, cultures, history, um, and that you love the bass. So I don't know why I brought that up, but just, you know. Just a thought.
2: Yeah, that <laughs> these things ring totally true about yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like you say, it's like <laughs> you know me well. <laughs> no, it's a, no, it is a, the bass is that grounding force, right? I don't, and it just mm-hmm. yeah, it just seems so well aligned with who I am, some way. Mm-hmm. And I didn't always know that. I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't long to play the double bass on my life. I mean, there's so many phenomenal. I'll say like true real basis it's, it's, I mean like um, Esperanza Spalding or mm-hmm. you know Katie Thoreau or people who were prodigies at seven like yeah. p- either picking up the violin or the bass and my path is very different and I'm certainly not at that skill level but um, because I just in the diff- you know my mission has been a little different but um, So I fell off my train there. I was making a very important point, I'm sure. I just came up with three different things
1: to talk about. Okay, good. Good, Daniel. Take it away. Take it away. Well, the first thing I know, I I realize we're going to have a lot of different listeners here um, of different, you know, some musicians, some not, and some of different musical preferences and stuff, and... I'm saying this more for me too because I'd probably make this mistake a couple of years ago just knowing what we're talking about with double bass mm-hmm. and not to make the mistake of like an electric bass or something like uh-huh. that. That's kind of like a 45 oh, degree angle sort of bass that you right. plug in, right? So double bass is this huge four stringed It looks like a huge violin <laughs> basically. <laughs> That's like taller than you probably are. It's mm-hmm. massive and it sounds gorgeous. Yeah. It's so low and just resonant and beautiful. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's kind of like that Jack Black scene in uh, School of Rock where it's like, cello, and turns the <laughs> bass sideways, right? It's like yeah. the opposite of that. So, <laughs>
0: I love that you just said oh that. Oh, my yeah. God. I know. Anyway,
1: uh, so that was that. But uh, where was I going after that? As far as your kind of mission with music, uh, I, we haven't really met before, but just from talking in this podcast, I think I have an understanding in some way as to what your music conveys for you and what you're trying to put out for people to resonate with. And that's a lot of moments for you right like a lot of your music is sort of a momentary thing right you're kind of writing about a feeling or a particular moment in time Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm just curious about your writing kind of your technique and what what it is you're usually have in mind as a goal or kind of like a uh, statement in a way if that makes sense Mm -hmm. as a writer
2: Mm-hmm. Well, a cohesive story, cohesive experience. So an idea will come and then, I mean, it's really kind of like an English writing assignment, the kind mm-hmm. of investment that's required to complete a song. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very exciting, and, um, but it takes a lot of time also. But um, So I just want to make sure, you have to think about, is this perspective coming from me? Is this a narrator position? Would would this message come across more clearly from a different voice, a third-person voice? Mm -hmm. And so I have to consider that. Um, And I'm thinking about images that prompt uh, feelings, right? Those visuals, right? Um, So a couple years ago, I submitted a song for Tiny Desk, and I wrote a song inspired by the notion of the Tiny Desk concert from NPR Tiny Desk, and the song was called Evolutionary Desk. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, <laughs> so but it got me thinking about the desks <laughs> in my life, oh. right, starting from like, kindergarten mm-hmm. and, like, third grade or high school. And so, um, so just being very mindful, just like you would in any well-written school paper or a letter or any writing assignment or writing opportunity, you're thinking about, well, how can I evoke this, you know, sensation in the, in the listener? Can they experience what I was experiencing and what I'm trying to convey? So um, just thinking about, the, yeah, the word selection that can invoke uh, a physical sensation and emotion. Whoa.
1: I really want to hear that song now. This, it's really this. cool.
0: You can find it on YouTube. Okay. Lisa good. Stano. What's it called?
1: What's the title? One more time. For
0: Evolutionary Desk.
1: Okay, good. Evolutionary Desk.
2: evolutionary desk there we go Lisa (laughs) thank you speaking to the the microphone I turned myself to look (laughs) at Daniel Uh, yeah I
1: love that sort of like theming like involving like a desk and having that be sort of the uh catalyst or like Mm -hmm. the driving you know that's that's awesome I love that sort of thing in writing when you have that sort of vehicle that's being used to tell a story that's amazing.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. you're looking for inspiration. Like, what do I want to say? I want to write a new song for this contest. What is it? You're like, well, this is about desks, sort <laughs> of, sort of. <laughs> I mean, it's about a lot of things. Yeah. But for me, I'm like, wait a minute. It got you to think. It got me to think about what are my perceptions about a desk. Yes. Yeah. I mean, in each person, if you think about your first experience with a desk, I mean, it could have been preschool and what that sensation was, mm-hmm. and then what what other notable chapter in your life was there a desk, mm-hmm. be it college or work? It has work, a lot yeah. of negative connotations. Yeah. A desk too and the the song speaks to that kind of the confined confining experience of a nine to five. So there's so that whole idea. So I, I loved it. I loved the tiny desk inspired that new song. <laughs> it's that is so, so, cool. Cool. so yeah, yeah it really is. <laughs> wow. So it's a thoughtful process. And I'll tell you, I, I think and I encourage Everyone who's interested in songwriting still keep reviewing your songwriting mm-hmm. books. Like I have still many on my shelf like, God, let me just, let me just stop a second and, uh, <laughs> and think about what approach I want to take. Or, right. You know, sometimes it's fluid, sometimes it's not. The whole brainstorming, you know, you kind of write one word in the center, you know, and mm-hmm. then you think about what other words or thoughts yeah right that worked for the olivier clustering. i wrote a song yeah. olivier we oh, yeah, all know that's that
0: such a fun song. <laughs> yeah. Jill
1: taught me that exercise uh, a couple of weeks ago <laughs> Oh, the clustering yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, a book yeah. i read actually back probably in the 80s it's called writing the natural way oh, okay. it's such a great book um if you're wanting to write um yeah like about a per- for example a poem about a person or a, um you know a song or whatever or an essay and uh, anyway, I highly recommend the book. It's called Writing the Natural Way, and there's this whole technique of clustering to so that you're freeing up your what she calls your uh, your design mind, and letting go of the editor. And then it's it's pretty cool, yeah. yeah. So all the subconscious material comes up, and I love that process. Would it's, you like to explain um,
1: that process a little bit to the listeners? Because yeah. um, I found <clears> it fascinating, <throat> mm-hmm. and what it did for me was give me more imagery in my words Mm -hmm. you know but I'll let you kind of well
0: yeah just kind of in a nutshell um you know basically you're picking a topic uh I've sometimes wanted to write a song for a particular person like my husband or Mm -hmm. you know um or my mother Mm -hmm. and so basically putting that person's name or it could just be a topic like fear Mm -hmm. or love or whatever so you put the topic in the middle of a blank page and you circle it And then just really quickly, like so that you're not even really thinking, you just, you make a line. uh, So whatever comes up in your head um, to that related topic. Um, like love, you know, you circle the word love and then put a line and then whatever comes up in relation to that, like a whole bunch of different things might pop up like pink or, um, you know, and then you circle pink and something comes off of pink and you keep um, letting these these webs of words and images arise that you think like, well, I don't know how that relates to that, but you just keep going and, you know, you might have like a bunch of different lines that are coming off of the word love that you're clustering on each one of those different words and you just keep clustering until you get this feeling inside that you actually know what you want to write about and like it just kind of comes out and you just let yourself write this, This you know, the words just kind of can come out on the page uh, pretty effortlessly and then after that, you know, you can go back and you can use your editor mind and kind of come back and refine And but it's a pretty cool way of even just getting to know what's going on inside of us, you know, because, gee, every, I don't know about you, but everyday living, I mean, it's like, you're just kind of going along. And, and even as somebody, myself who journals and, and consider myself pretty self-reflective, um, there's still, you know, just like stuff that goes, is under the surface. And so I love having that process of, you know, um, of the clustering and then, you know, being able to use it for songwriting now.
2: Fully support it. I Mm. certainly um, was remembering my process. Olivia is the one song that comes to mind where I actually spent a lot of time doing that. Um, So my process is similar, Mm -hmm. but a little different. Mm, Tell us. Yeah, just because you spoke about the feeling part a little little bit later after this kind of freeing of the mind. Mm -hmm. For me, it's almost right away the feeling part. So so Olivia is about a fellow I met on an airplane who was like, like a missed opportunity, but we had a really nice little chemistry sitting next to each other. But but so it, it's easy for me to just to close my eyes and think about what, I, what I'm, like, what do I feel? What mm-hmm. was the most resonant aspect of this experience? So with Olivier, who had this, really one of the sexiest French accents I might have ever heard in my life. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, so that became this, but I was like, oh. so but yeah, but I began to think about Think about, but feel too. What what was? What do I want to say about this? What aspect? But it, so, you know, often we'll point to kind of my tummy. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, or my heart. I'm like, oh okay, yes, right. So mm-hmm. it is so much, of course, about the emotional aspect. that is what yes. it's in. What am I feeling about this? That yes. informs the song. So which is what you got yes. to after. Mm-hmm. I try and go there initially if I can. It's, yeah. I close my eyes a lot too to to feel
0: it. <laughs> to yeah, feel it yeah. The, the sensations in your body and the emotions. And actually, that is part of the, you know, really part of the clustering. Um, yeah, and so, yeah, and that song, Lisa, I've heard you sing it numerous times. It's it's a really fun fun song. <laughs> I'm sure it makes other people think of the same, similar kind of experiences. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Everybody has an Olivier, right. at least one in their life, right? It's right. true. Um, so I was also thinking about um, what kind of... Um, I don't know if you speaking about like fantasies, (laughs) if you have a musical fantasy of like, if you could, well, I have like a couple questions, maybe. Um, If you could close your eyes or if you could just blink and you could play any instrument with like as. Well, as you wanted to, and you didn't have to practice or anything like you just close your eyes, you open them your eyes again. And you're just, you know, (laughs) you can play a certain way. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) What would you want to where would you want to play? What would you would you want to collaborate with anybody? Like, what's your fantasy? (laughs)
2: <laughs> it's so personal right away I wanted to know your guys' <laughs> fantasies so, I'm like wait let's share this oh my fantasy so. is definitely <laughs> to play the double bass with ease and sing and I always want to play with other people uh, nine times out of ten mean, sure I enjoy by myself for a moment no I'm like no almost 100% I really prefer to play with people my fantasy yeah to play in Europe all over and and bring that love that I feel when I play music to with to others, mm-hmm. um, and to, to and to grow obviously. Well, if I woke up and fantasized, you know, I wouldn't need there. to. I wouldn't need to grow you my would, musicianship. I yeah, would not be practices. there. I just would be the light. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love it. <laughs> Definitely, I would play the bass with others, and just a lot of a lot of jazz, more originals. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I would just be a pro at that instrument. I could solo easily. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that dream is going strong. Yeah. Like, yes, I, let's channel this.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, that's an interesting question. Yeah, but that is that is my vision right now. So uh, I'm into making my dreams come true. <laughs> I love
0: that about you, and it's also inspiring. So yeah, like just taking that one little step. Does it matter to you, like what kind of venue you would play at? Do you have any vision of type of venue or outside? A mm-hmm. lot of outside, so perhaps
2: I'm looking at spring and summer without even realizing it, mm-hmm. but outside venues to feel just mm-hmm. fantastic. But if it's not outside venues, small and intimate. Mm-hmm. I, no matter what, small and intimate. Yeah. I, at the gigs I, I play, I prefer a place that has character. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I will have played a place only once because it was just a one-time experience I wanted to have and that's that was enough. But if a, if a place doesn't give off a certain vibe, I don't know if it's not warm and cozy, I'm generally not interested in playing there. I yeah. know that sounds Hey, whatever. But it, that's just the truth about me. Yeah.
0: We're yeah, we're really attracted to what we're attracted to and yeah, it's wonderful to celebrate that. Yeah.
2: So that's so that's my hope. I'll let you know. But i am moved to Europe where I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. What does that mean wait, does that can't I ask you about your fantasies too? <laughs> yeah, <I'm> like, <laughs> Maybe another sh- time. <laughs> okay.
1: No we should, we should. We got time. Okay. I,
2: yeah, Do you want to go? I really want to hear. Yeah. This is a very special question. <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, cool. it just felt like I, <laughs> Oh my
1: God. Um, so the question is if I could choose one, do I have to choose one? Because well, I choose them all, you can, let's be you can choose them
0: all, but let's like, uh, maybe just start with one. one okay. to, like you're, uh, Yeah, you close your eyes. You can play any instrument as well as you want. You don't yeah. have to practice. You're there.
1: Uh, oh, geez. It would probably be s- s- some sort of brass or woodwind. Um, probably be a saxophone and i'd probably oh. go for a tenor if i was to choose oh my between the gosh saxophones. i didn't know this about oh, you oh yeah no <laughs> I've, I've okay so i used to work at a music uh store and i've been thinking they they rent out uh saxophones and stuff okay um i've been thinking for a long time like maybe i pull the trigger and just kind of learn on my own <laughs> for yeah. a while and bite the bullet but i haven't gone there yet um yeah i think i would choose that mostly because i think it's it's such an expressive instrument. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people that can play those things well can, yeah, fly. <laughs> they yeah. can do anything they want. It's incredible. It seems, it just seems like an, not an easy instrument to connect with, but one that people are really good at expressing. Through. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's something really cool about those instruments. Yeah,
0: I agree and yeah. it looks like
1: players have fun doing it too <laughs> so, yeah absolutely yeah. That, oh would be, that would be great I would love to learn how to play that thing
2: okay yeah. cool. you're gonna fly soon then well, he did, we just said <laughs> because you said people can just fly we're gonna see that in your
0: future oh, yes yeah. we'll absolutely I'm excited <laughs> to hear that that's just oh my god so I still want to hear it because you you said that you had more than one so what oh, else
1: geez. oh geez I learned anything <laughs> in like an orchestra setting mm. okay um, mostly because lately I've been really into film scoring and orchestrating wow. and so wow. I'm actually orchestrating music a lot at Neat. home and I can't play most of those instruments and it's frustrating because mm. I'd like to know the ins and outs of the real capabilities of it yeah you know the sort of ranges and the sort of sounds you can get mm-hmm. out of them I'm not too familiar yet so I'm kind of doing my homework right
0: on do you think you're going to be I know that you're at Sonoma State right now you're going into your senior year yeah. um yeah. and will you learn that at, did you actually did you take Bennett Freeman's um uh, theory, uh Yes. Is Jazz Theory theory the year long course?
1: No, I haven't. Uh, Snow Mistake, I've probably taken something similar. That's beyond that of what he teaches there. But no, I'm not going to learn that at Snow Mistake unless I decide to take the courses even they won't be necessary for my degree in mm. that state, but
0: well, I just want to put a plug in for Bennett's um, oh yeah year long jazz theory uh, class because he actually does teach us that that is one of the things. In fact, I have a book oh, yeah. that you can look at that'd later cool. that that has all the different instruments. Yes, um, that'd be very and nice. And all the different um, you know where they um, their their capabilities the basically their yeah. ranges. Yeah, I have a couple
1: lists of books that I'm going to be getting next paycheck. <laughs> <going by. laughs> but um, the one thing that Snowmass State's taught me really well is to um, arrange for uh, big band, like jazz big band stuff. Oh, so I sweet. can, I can, I'm pretty good, with familiar with those instruments. But That's great. There's like woodwinds in the um, okay. orchestras that I'm not yeah.
2: so familiar with. Yet, Got it. So totally exciting yeah. mm. I, I really, you're making me think about uh, I watched The Godfather again for the Millie time. how could and- <laughs> <did> you know <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know, why not I know, on everyday off I'm, um, I'm just thinking every about all the-,
0: <laughs> the music and film I just know yeah. oh, I want to ah. hear more about that oh my god that's so what excited. I wanted to do after I graduated from college oh my, gosh. Yes. oh my gosh yeah and I was living in San Francisco and I really wanted to actually go that was my thing I really wanted to study film scoring I was thinking about going to um, a school in Oakland what is it? Um, the Jazz Conservatory no, it's called that uh, it's, now in, uh, in Oakland. Uh, oh sorry SF, I was thinking but, of uh, Berkeley. Yeah it's uh, Mills College actually oh, oh, it was, oh. um, but anyway uh, yeah but I, I, I'm happy with what ended up happening over you know I'm it's interesting, ages. We haven't really talked about age, but actually, that's another thing that I kind of want to bring up because it's so like taboo sometimes to talk about ages and age differences. But anyway, I'm 58, <laughs> <laughs> and Daniel
1: 23 as of last week.
0: Okay. So. and I'm you like, don't have I'm to in say my 40s. <laughs> yeah, you you're in your 40s. Okay, <laughs>
1: musicians are musicians. And, exactly, you know. and
0: that's the beautiful thing because yeah. I mean, even though Daniel, you're 23 and I'm older, it's like I just you know totally connect with you yeah. as a person, and you know, age really I think just to souls are souls and you know it's really easy to connect with each other Absolutely. this is um,
1: another label we don't need ex- <laughs> exactly well said but, yeah. exactly
0: <laughs> but in terms of like knowing you know like well that was a long time ago and I've had like a whole life of yeah. you know career um, from the age of 25 to you know to now but as I was saying I'm because um, sometimes I've looked back and I'm like I'm, I'm thinking about people that I know now who are you know in their 20s and they're in school doing what I would have loved to have done back then um you know, path not taken and, you know, for whatever reasons. But as I, I will have to say this, that even though I went back to school at age 52 to study, yeah, to study so jazz awesome. piano, which I'd really wanted to do in my 20s. Um, and I tried and I just didn't, I just did not have the internal resources, to be honest. I was so perfectionistic and self-critical. And I just, and, you know, it was, I just couldn't do it, um, even though I tried. So, but yeah, I'm very happy with the life that I that I did, you know, choose to um, embark on uh, as a yoga and mindfulness teacher for all those years, and in fact feel like it's really supported me and enabled me to actually go through the the trauma of, you know, of like learning, you know, it to do traumatic. this thing that I want. You know? I to admit that. Oh I know, that's
2: the truth. That's the behind the scenes truth that yeah. no one in the audience, unless they're you know a musician, can really appreciate, right? <laughs> uh, the tra- like the painful
0: steps because, to become yeah, the musician. Yeah, I mean, I don't know <laughs> about you, Lisa, but... Um, and we will get back to that fantasy, by the way. I, I'll ha- be happy to share with one um, with you eventually. but, um, but yeah, going, going back to that, like you know for me, I know that I starting out and you know, having grown up playing classical piano and um, all the way through undergraduate school all those years ago, 40 years ago now, her' um, th- 35, I guess. But um, yeah, going into a jazz improv class at a junior college with 18 year olds, um, pretty much all of them uh, male. And, you know, being this older woman in the class and then having to get up in front of people and immediately begin to improvise on my instrument when all I had done was ever, you know, read music was pretty uh, terrifying and literally my hands would just shake back and forth. And I I was so scared initially. And so I really had like a lot to overcome, um, which, you know, I feel really grateful that I've overcome that. But I'm wondering, did you have any ever experiences of... Um, I don't know, just being afraid to play in front of other people or what learning the double bass. Like, what was that? Because that's where we met was in the improv class of Bennett's. Yeah, yeah. Four years ago.
2: In some ways, you know, one might say that I did my music career backwards, right? I, I went out and performed without having... I think adequate theory behind my behind music, um, and to understand more fully what I was doing. So I went out into the world of gr- like greater comfort. Gigging was fun, and mm-hmm. um, I won't say easy, but you know it, it was natural, and more comfortable. Mm. So yes, the, when I. I had only been playing the double bass for three months, so playing, quote, playing. Yeah. <laughs> I just And I asked the instructor, you know, is this okay? Could I come in here? Is, should I know more? He's like, come on in. So, oh yeah, I, even the warm ups, even today, I don't do those warm ups. I'm like, they're moving so fast. I, my hand can't move that fast. So, those are just scales, arpeggios. Oh yeah. Um, so, this is Ben's class. That sorry, you're Ben. About. Yeah, the yeah. jazz, the improv class. It was, it was a surprise to me. I'm not an anxious person. Um, I'm very relaxed, but I would actually have heart palpitations on my drive to the class. I'm like, <laughs> oh, like oh, my God. Just, this is what, but, but that was a ch- – and I wouldn't have said this then, that that's, that's healthy, right? Like to push right. yourself. But mm-hmm. people would say that to me, and I couldn't take it in. But I was like – when you place yourself into an area of, I'm going to say total incompetence, even though I wasn't totally, it was totally new to me. Three months Mm -hmm. on a double base. Three months is not much. (laughs) This is intimidating. So, I mean, it's like going into another country, not knowing the language or going into, you know, I don't know, be a doctor and perform surgery. You don't know what you're doing. You're like, I don't know yet. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So so you go in, but someone's making the demand of you to play these scales, you know, this quickly. So obviously I couldn't, so I would just fudge it and I relied on some other bass players in my section sure. to help me out. But yeah, that was that was um, probably my first experience with anxiety in music. Mm-hmm. Um, I had gotten nervous before a couple of times, you know, many years ago, but I, I don't, Performing in that class is also nerve-wracking. Being in a class setting, performing mm-hmm. is is totally different from a yeah. gig. A gig that's is fun and engaging. <laughs> it's totally. Yeah. You're looking at. You, you feel probably
1: like other musicians are like trying to like critique you as you're up there. You know.
2: Mm-hmm. And, maybe yeah, maybe and that's the it. The
1: instructors <laughs> certainly up there trying. Really, you know, critique you, Bennett. <laughs>
0: no. We love you, Bennett. Yeah, we love you. No, it's all good. That's your job. Thank you, Bennett.
1: And we appreciate you and what you've taught us. We do absolutely. No but yeah, it's a different space. <laughs> it's not yeah. Dare I say not as fun? I
0: don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yes
2: and no. Yeah. In some ways, like, it's more rewarding because you know how painful and how nerve-wracking it is. So when you do one thing great and you get one little positive word of feedback, uh, you know, positive feedback, you're like, oh, God, he said I did this well. So So in that respect, it's more rewarding down the road after you play something that he perceives as good. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah. uh, we can relate to that. It's a different setting. But setting does matter. So that reminds me a little bit of like a songwriting circle or songwriting in the round. Oh, songwriting in the round, sorry. Um, where it's quiet and intimate, but quiet. So mm-hmm. I like intimate. Yeah. Like it, people are making noise, clinking drinks in the background and chatting. But if you it's a different experience, a little more nerve-wracking if everybody's really listening closely. Mm -hmm. Uh So it parallels that class experience where you're like, oh, the spotlight's on you. But at a gig... The spotlight yes. is not entirely on you. People are doing stuff, but they appreciate what you're doing. You can connect with some people and other people are doing whatever they're doing. So there's a different
1: kind of energy.
0: Yes. It's an, it's totally. Yeah, I, I totally know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And so even like at, uh, some of the jazz jams that I've been to where everybody's actually really listening and the spotlight is right there and you have two songs. And I've found that, honestly, like a little bit nerve wracking, especially when the people in the audience are like high level musicians, (laughs) (laughs) which, yeah, Yeah. so, but it's, it's, it's all good. It's all fun. And for me, it's so much about just learning how to, um, gosh, remember in the moment what's important and basically just being present and remembering, (laughs) this is what really helps me, that it that it really just doesn't matter. That it's mm-hmm. the most that the thing that matters is that I'm just present and relaxed and enjoying myself. And that you know nobody's going to die. Yeah. By what you know, yeah. I remember somebody actually at uh, the JC, um, <clears throat> a guest. It might have been Ben Kendrick Freeman, I, who's a drummer actually yeah. at Sonoma State, and he had Kendrick, been a guest yeah. in our in our class and I remember this is a a number of years ago and I was I had just finished doing like a little solo on the piano and this was still when I could just like barely play and I remember I just felt tremendous amount of shame afterwards oh my gosh I would have these shame attacks I don't know maybe Lisa you don't have shame attacks but I, I have had like tremendous shame attacks just but anyway, that's a whole other story. <laughs> but I remember like looking at, at Kendrick and just saying, "Oh my God, I'm so embarrassed." And he just looked at me and he said, "You know, hey, nobody died." Oh, you know, and that's wonderful. yeah, which is wonderful. And I also just want to give a shout out to Kenny Warner and the work that Kenny Warner is doing. W e r n e r, and he has the uh, the um, effortless mastery book, and DVD. And that work, when I started to just use that like as a, to literally read it like every morning a little bit, um, that really, really, really helped me with this whole idea of um, that, well to just let go of any sense of trying to make something in particular happen and just allow what's present to happen. And mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that we don't practice, that we don't work on a craft. Absolutely. And maybe some of us, like myself, are more vulnerable to shame attacks yeah. than others. Yeah. I'm used to being able to do something um, well. And I guess, you know, honestly, I've stayed away from things in the past that I didn't do well. And, you know, I don't, I'm not one of these people that could just effortlessly sit down on the pia- at the piano and play by ear. And, you know, so it was kind of embarrassing for me to do something, like, really, quote, poorly, where, I mean, my hands are shaking and, it was, you know. But the thing, the, the great gift, the tremendous gift that's come from this is learning actually how to accept myself. Even, you know, it's interesting because even being embarrassed of being embarrassed was a thing for me. Ooh, I don't want people to see, you know, I'm a yoga teacher. I'm like used to being relaxed, helping other people relax, you know. And and then to just find myself being seen by others as like, you know, I'm shaking, I'm red-faced, I'm scared and doing it anyway. And then being able to go home and go, you know, learn how to soothe myself, you know, just it's okay. And having this internal voice that can say it's okay, you know, um, I accept you just how you are, how you are in this moment. And you know, basically kind of like being that inner parent that's totally loving and kind and generous and supportive. And so learning how to strengthen that internal voice is is has been just really, really key to me for me to um to to actually be in that place of enjoyment as opposed to, you know self-criticism mm. Not that that doesn't like ever come up, but I would say it's. It's oh, It doesn't really come up that much anymore. I've really, it's been six years and I've really taken this on as a, as a personal practice. And the last thing I'll say about that is the gift, the other gift that's come out of it, honestly, is I feel so much freer in just my everyday life, being able to express myself. Because I'm not afraid of like making a fool of myself anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. because I think honestly, that's partly what it was about. Like, oh my God, yeah. you know. <laughs> Absolutely. So... Yeah. You know,
1: that kind of reminds me of what you were saying earlier, Lisa. It's like playing with the right people. The right people aren't going to be super critical of what mm-hmm. you're doing. You're usually able to kind of just yeah. play as yourself and yeah. not think too hard about it. And exactly. that's also why that's fun.
0: Exactly. It
1: right doesn't feel like, hopefully not, you know, anxious... Mm-hmm. tendencies with the right people you know yeah. that's the thing so when you go sure. on stage with the right people it's like yeah like we got this it'll be okay. yeah we're gonna work together
0: totally or a well nice said. surprise
2: sometimes an, even a nice surprise when you're playing with someone you've never played with before and it's and it goes well you're like hey that was an unexpected great chemistry and um and just appreciation for one another totally yeah absolutely Mm-hmm. I actually was, th- <laughs> I know you're doing the interviewing right now, but when Jill, you were talking, you made me think, and I was very curious about you all because it made me think about myself, about what other musicians or what musicians, if, if any, for you, have said something that really resonated for you in support of your music, like just the indelible in your mind. Because I, I, when you were talking about your personal journey with this book, but sometimes an instructor tutor what have you a music instructor somewhere along your path might have said the one two three things you know that that felt like oh yeah thank you it's like yeah like okay uh, right. you mean positive reinforcement in some way oh or? yeah yeah uh-huh. exactly it's something you're like yeah exactly yeah so i mean i was yeah. you don't have to answer my question but yeah but it's a great that, question because you're talking about your own journey and yeah. having to do it on your own but we have influences and and words from a professor are mm. far more powerful and lasting than they may ever realize. Mm. And so that just when you're
0: speaking it made me feel
2: that. Okay,
0: well, you know, honestly, this is that's a really interesting question. I have a pretty brief answer to that. Um, <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> but but you know, honestly, I really don't feel well. My first piano teacher, actually, uh, or not my first one, but um, Nina Pollock, a classical piano teacher, um, she actually gave me a lot of words of encouragement and actually wanted me to go to music school for college instead of regular college. She was actually the Syracuse University piano professor. But that, um, so that was one person that was really encouraging, but I kind of just didn't believe that, believe her, honestly, because. Mm. Well, whatever. But um, and then over my my jazz um, time, or just my my most recent, you know, escapades here uh, over the last six or seven years, um, I would say there was one thing that happened, and. Well, besides my pian- my husband calling me the piano boss a, cu- a couple of times. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah. which I have to say, <laughs> That's cool. he's like, yeah, That's cool. seeing me at combos, jazz <laughs> combos are like, chill, you're the piano boss. That makes me feel really great. Um, uh. <laughs> but uh actually, believe it or not, Bennett, the last time so I was just auditing jazz improv class. It was um I think it was maybe like last maybe two semesters ago or something, last year and I was basically just I was the piano I was in jazz rep class and I was uh the piano player for like a little group and so this is seven years in and afterwards and you know I soloed and everything and afterwards I think you remember this Lisa I might have told you um I was sitting down in a chair and Bennett was sitting next to me and he just looked at me and said Jill you sounded really good you really sounded good, Jill. You're you're timing everything. And so I mean, honestly, that um, that just it kind of like went straight into my heart and it just it just made me feel really happy inside. And but that's basically it. Probably I would say that's the only only thing. Mm-hmm. Like, of all those years. But anyway, yeah, and how about you guys? That's huge. But it is pretty Talk huge, I have to say. to JC. <laughs> if
1: you told him that story, they'd be like,
0: what? No. <laughs> exactly. No, not,
1: okay, exactly. Not to say that it's negative all the time. No, no, no. Not at all. But yeah. yeah, it's just one of those things that we're all mm-hmm. kind of wanting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, um, this made me think of recently. The only story I can think of is recent, and it's very small. It's a very small comment. but So, like I was saying earlier at uh, Sonoma State, we were doing a lot of... Um, Uh, Big band chart stuff. So, I basically did a composition or not a composition, but an arrangement of um, Fly Me to the Moon Mm. for for a jazz uh, big band. And so, what we will do is basically we'll spend a couple months like, you know, getting these arrangements together, and then all the arrangers will come in and we'll have the whole actual band of all the um, students there and we'll play through the chart. We'll play it a couple times, then we'll record it. And just see how it goes. So, I was listening back to the recording of my song. I have it on my uh, computer at home, and we're playing through the whole chart. Da 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 da. comes to an end, and you know, big, big jazz finish or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like uh, the instructor, um, Doug, is <laughs> he's like, awesome, cool tune. You oh. know, just in his cool way. And I was like, yeah, that's awesome. Just that little thing yeah, it was like super totally. enough because there's a lot of effort put into those. Mm, boy. And those is really nice. Oh, oh God. Fabulous. It I can feel because
2: it. you have respect for the here's the person who you admire, right? So that's why same with same with your story, Jill. Yeah. Right? Here's this person saying something to you. Like it means so much mm-hmm. when you like revere this person. You're mm-hmm. Like, wow, and they've taught me everything I know. Mm-hmm. And he's paying me a compliment, mm-hmm. compliment These few words, yeah, that you say they go directly to the heart. You're like, whoa, I did it. You feel success. Yes. You feel accomplished. Like, yes. wow, okay. I mm-hmm. got a compliment. I mean you'd like the child in you comes out, it's true, but but just, yeah, I think it inspires you to keep growing. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's reinforcement, obviously. Yeah. You're doing it right.
1: Instructors are the best at that. Yeah, <laughs> we
0: need them. We need them. Yes. <laughs> wow. Such gratitude for music educators. Oh, oh yeah. Big night. time. Tremendous. Big time. My private
1: instructor, my private guitar instructor, I grew up. Learning from was always very encouraging in that sort of way, so that helped me stay on track with it mm-hmm. instead of just not being that interested in it. You know, yeah, that was, that was I think pretty important, and he's kind of stuck around in my life after that. Oh neat, which is really nice. <laughs> yeah, that's really sweet. It's um, it's a great relationship. Him, yeah, Brody, Brody, uh, Brody coming. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, you can look him up on YouTube. He's got a huge like. One hundred riffs video that went oh, cool. viral like ten wow. years ago. Wow! How do you spell his last name? Uh, C U M M I N G. Yeah. Um, and Brody B R O D I E. This is kind of funny, great. but yeah, I'm gonna look that up. He's <laughs> a great guy. Yeah, nice. I can show you after this real quick. It's mm-hmm. it's a cool video, but yeah, he's nice. a great guy and always encouraged me.
0: Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so big shout out to all our music educators, oh. everybody that's helped us along the way, uh, and all the connections. Time. I mean, Daniel, I'm connected to you, um, well, partly partly through music, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, and Definitely. and Lisa for sure, and you know, it's a, just a beautiful thing who um, wouldn't
2: know each other if it wasn't for exactly. music right yeah, this, it, yeah.
0: music builds bridges it's yes, beautiful it uh,
2: across the globe and maybe beyond i don't know yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. i don't know about <laughs> i can only speak big about my like worldly yeah. experience yeah no totally but no it's true it's such a gift
0: well, is there anything um, else that that you would like to share or Daniel the questions or
1: I had one comment. I was mm-hmm. um, flipping through your website which you guys can look up if you're listening. Uh, Lisa stano is the URL just .com. Right. Um, so if you look on her website if you're interested in her music, she has like a lot of lyrics. Posted on the website, oh, yeah. which I mm-hmm. thought was cool. Like, mm-hmm. you don't see that at all these days. Like, she's a hard I mean,
0: worker, too. She's like typing all that stuff in. I know. And,
1: that's so yeah. cool. Like, I just thought that was really, like, fascinating, especially because, like, you know, back in the day of the records before I was alive yeah. and the dinosaurs, um, <laughs> <laughs> like, they had lyrics, you know, inside right. the records and stuff, and yeah. people were able to connect with that. And now it's, you look them up online if you really want to, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But that, I thought that was really cool. Like, Thank you. you the lyrics on your website. I Thank you very to, much for that. that.
2: It, no, it's kind of, yeah. Albums are making a comeback, thank goodness. But the art, the craft of Mm -hmm. a a great album uh, is not lost. I'm glad just like Mm -hmm. 70 styles are coming back. So no, because you... You want to hear, like, I mean, you, you can hear most, of the, for my songs, you can hear, because I'm not playing over a loud guitar or anything, but as a listener, I appreciate what's the message, because you feel something based mm-hmm. on lyrics, based mm-hmm. on chords, um, but to get it, have the opportunities, so or if you want to learn the song, and as a person who does a lot of cover tunes too, yeah. I want to learn, the, you know, yeah. what, what are they saying here? And then you actually can feel it more. Yeah, yeah. Even I agree. To perform it, or just as a listener, like, oh, yeah, I get what they were trying to say here. So thank you so much for that. Mm, <laughs> I appreciate <yeah>. that.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Those days of just sitting with the album cover, right. you know, open and just like listening to the music and looking at, at the lyrics, like every single time I would listen to the song, I would have, you know, the album. Of course. yeah, yeah. And, yeah. It, like, and you're looking at the, at the artwork too. So yes. you hear
1: the music, like probably now you hear that music and you don't have the artwork in front of you, but it's like in your head while right. playing, right? Yes. Yes. Exactly, exactly. I'm thinking of Led Zeppelin covers. right now, sorry. Exactly, <laughs> no. that shows how much, how much art there really is behind this thing. that can the be, too. you know, connected together. And some of that is lost today, but not not in always, definitely not, mm-hmm. you know?
2: Yeah, it's that's such cool. a beautiful opportunity to express oneself. Like when you're asking about the album, where is there an idea and a vision that just that in your music, you can put an album together, like I've got something to say. And that's why music is a powerful mm-hmm. force for some people for sure, Mm -hmm. uh, for a political voice or advocacy. um, And it's resonant for so many people because it does speak to issues of humanity, loss, love, hope, devastation, (laughs) catastrophe, whatever, you name it, it is this this vehicle Mm -hmm. to feel what human beings
0: experience and wanna connect through. Absolutely, well said, Lisa. Well.
1: Yeah. I feel like we're coming to a close here. I think so too. Any last thoughts or comments from anyone?
2: Just a tremendous thank you. And I'm very, I just have to say, I'm giving big props. I have to say, Oh. oh, 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 it looks oh, like Jill has oh, something else to oh, say. I was no. about oh, to give props. Oh, oh, of course. <laughs> okay. okay, before you
0: give props, I got to give props to you because uh, we got to tell the audience that um, it was Lisa actually that came up with, as I was discussing the, this idea, you know, that I, we, Kate, Daniel and I came up with this idea to have this podcast and I was excitedly telling Lisa about it mm-hmm. one day and she said, you know, Jill, it sounds like mm-hmm. you're have, you want to have these, these meaningful musical conversations. And I said, oh, my gosh, exactly, Lisa, that would be a great name for our podcast. And so that's how the name came about. And so, Lisa, I just want to yes. like really thank you for all the support, encouragement. Talk about encouragement. Um, I should actually include you in you're so encouraging to me. And as a fellow musician and somebody that I admire, I just really, really appreciate your support and your comments and, and your support around songwriting as well, because you have great ideas. For me. <laughs> you know, you're like, have you thought about trying this? So I also, yes. Thank you. Thank you for all of your encouragement and your support. And both Daniel and oh, I give a yeah, huge shout absolutely. out to you for the you know, the name like, is beautiful the name. and yeah. you
1: coming out here and sharing your experiences. And being a first. Yeah. Yes. And being the first
0: guest. Yes. Oh.
2: I, I feel really lucky right now. <laughs> I'm just, yeah. Thank you so much for that shout oh, out. I'm just too. thrilled. I think your idea here is phenomenal. I, I'm in love with it. So it's easy for me to be enthusiastic about it. <laughs> I often say I love talking about music almost as much as I love playing it. I yeah. mean, <laughs> I have some friends who are walking music encyclopedias and I just loved it. Not just pick their brain, but just share in the delight of music. So what you're doing here, this vision and where it will go and how people will appreciate it, it um, mm-hmm. is just immense. And so I, that's it's, it's easy for me to be <laughs> encouraging about it. It's just <laughs> awesome because when I'm living in Europe, I'm gonna be listening to your podcast because <laughs> like, of my friend. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> look
1: what they're saying now. you can now. check out my episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Exactly. yeah. The very, very cool. first, yeah. I know. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, I just can't say enough. I just yeah. applaud you in creating. I love it. You know, some there's nothing and then there's something, right? Mm-hmm. An yeah. idea, like what music mm-hmm. can be, what this podcast is. Mm-hmm. It's just wonderful. And people love to talk about music. You don't need to be a musician, obviously, mm-hmm. to talk about music. And it has such a powerful effect. So I look forward to listening to what others have to say, what others feel, and what has influenced. Formed their you know their life through music so
0: thank you
1: so much thank you so much lisa mm. yeah once again everyone listening it's uh lisa stano and you can check out her website lisa stano.com mm-hmm. and she has that album out that we talked about earlier so go check that out as well she has some videos online and uh the lyrics online too i'm a fan of that mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah check it out uh any any social media plug or anything that you have
2: no, not, not, nothing other than the usual. I, I don't really Instagram. So yeah, Facebook has my gigs usually more uh, and then my website. And I actually, I do plan to create a, a far more active YouTube channel. So be on the lookout for that okay. with my nice. uh, double bass tunes, originals and covers. So uh, yeah, look forward to that.
0: Nice. Very
1: awesome. All right. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in today and uh, we will see you next time.
0: Okay, bye-bye. Bye. See you. <laughs>